Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Break the State Podcast. This is episode number eight. I just want to start by saying that I sincerely apologize for the delay. I know it's been a while, and I've had a ton of you guys reaching out to me, asking when the next episode was going to drop. I just want to say I truly appreciate all of y'all's support and your patience with me as I've worked through some personal things in my life. But I am back. I'm ready to be a part of the conversation and be a part of the fight for liberty once more. I've got some great guests lined up for the near future with some really good stuff to talk about. And of course, one of those people is none other than my buddy Ryan, the man behind or else what on Instagram. If you've listened to this podcast before, you're familiar with Ryan. If this is your first time tuning in, definitely give him a follow at underscore or underscore else underscore what. We had a great conversation talking about the police, and I really think you guys are going to enjoy this one. So without further delay, I'm Dunk Limpman, and this is Break the State Podcast. All right, this is Break the State Podcast, episode number eight, and I am joined by Ryan from Or Else What on Instagram. Ryan, welcome back to the show, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Awesome, man. Hell yeah. I'm glad to hear from you. I'm glad to get you back on the show, uh, get started with a very important episode about the police, uh, something that we've been talking about doing for a while. So, um, I, I, uh, actually, I was just recently on a podcast with like six tankies, um, <laughs> kind of, you know, debating, um, libertarianism and anarcho-capitalism, even though I don't really necessarily label myself as an anarcho-capitalist or even a libertarian so much these days, though I do still kind of lean pretty heavily into both of those, um, ideologies in a sense, but mm. a lot um, of overlap. A lot of overlap. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, what actually kind of triggered me <laughs> to use their words, um, what kind of triggered me to actually want to do this podcast now is that, um, they had a, they had a list of kind of their critiques of libertarianism or, or ANCAPs. And, uh, one of the things they brought up was that libertarians have an affinity for the police and military. <laughs> and, I, I didn't even get to make the point really. I, I made it briefly, but I didn't really get to go into the fact that, you know, that's just wrong, <laughs> just totally wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So I really wanted to get into that um, and, you know, just kind of get your take on, on the police as well. Um, Fuck the police. <laughs> all right. And that is the end of the episode. That was a quick podcast, right? Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now let's dig into it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one of the things that they brought up um, was that their reasoning for why they say libertarians and, and ANCAPs support the police is that we support the protection of private property. And um, I would argue, for one thing, that the police don't even do a good job of protecting private property. To Terrible begin with. job. Um, I actually have some statistics on that. Um <laughs> And it's, it's actually, it's pretty crazy. So in, um, according to the DOJ, if I remember correctly, uh, is where I got this source. Um, in 2019, the U S uh, in the U S um, the police solved about 45% of violent crimes and only about 17% of property crimes. So the majority of crimes were not solved. First of yep. all, the ones that actually, that actually matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure they made plenty of, of drug arrests and uh, convictions <laughs> that way um, and for plenty of other victimless cli- crimes. But the ones that actually matter, um, they have a pretty shitty track record. And one of the things that I would argue is that if the police were actually only enforcing these crimes that actually matter, such as violent crimes, such as um, you know protecting private property, then... <sighs> there would be a lot less um, people like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, Duncan Limp, and so many others um, that we have to put fucking hashtags for because they would actually be investigating real shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. No victim, no crime. Yeah, no victim, no crime. Exactly. And, and 
they really spend the majority of their time enforcing victimless crimes, which is, I think, one of the biggest um, problems that, you know, people in the liberty movement um, have with the police. Again, if, if they were just protecting private property, I don't think we would have as much of a problem with them, aside from the fact that they're funded by theft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Which so, is the biggest part of it. Um, yeah. Do you have stats in front of you? I know you said you had some notes. Uh, how much money did the police uh, directly steal from citizens in the last... I, uh, what's the last year their stats for on that? Yeah. I actually I know don't it's a huge sum. I haven't looked it up recently myself. I wish that I had. Um, but yeah, the amount of money that's just seized and uh, never sees the light of day again and uh, funds police departments is astronomical. I encourage everyone listening to look up that stat uh, of what uh, the seizure of cash and assets it ends up yeah. being uh, in the country on a yearly basis. Um, yeah, civil asset forfeiture. Yeah, biggest problem. Yeah, civil asset forfeiture is definitely what you're going to look up. Um, but besides that, you're also, even if it wasn't for uh, them directly stealing out of the pockets of people, uh, pirate style on the road, uh, they can also, uh, our tax dollars obviously, go to funding the budgets of these uh, enforcers of largely victimless crimes. Um, and that in itself, uh, obviously, is pretty inconsistent with what I believe to be uh, uh, the principles that I hold to be the best way to do things, uh, since it's all based on force and theft to be able to do so. Um, I think that private property definitely exists, and it's worth protecting. Um, and I don't even really have a problem with outsourcing that protection outside of oneself, although I would uh, definitely say that uh, it's a cautionary tale to do so. Uh, your best defense Absolutely. is always going to be yourself um, and those that are very close to you. Um, but I guess if people wanted to uh, outsource protection, I've got no real problem with it in some type of privatized function um, as long as uh, the only people that are paying for it are the people that are getting the service uh, or, you know, it's, it's all voluntary. Right, exactly. And as long as those you know, agents or whatever you want to call them, um, are strictly protecting private property and protecting, you know, people, um, as opposed to going around and harassing people for, you know, fucking window tent and things like that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, there's no problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless somebody it has to, uh, they have to be preventing the initiation of violence, not initiating violence themselves against private property or persons. Right. Exactly. So, you know, to, before we get too deep into some of that, I actually do, you know, again, just to kind of defend the, the libertarian position, um, as much as, like I said, I, I don't necessarily call myself a libertarian too much these days, but, um, I think it's worth pointing out that it's really the liberty movement, um, prior to, I think, was it 2012, um, or I think it's 2012 when uh, Mike Brown was uh, killed in Ferguson, if I'm not mistaken, um, that Sounds kind of started. Right. Yeah, that started the whole, you know, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, prior to that, it was really people, um, libertarians, constitutionalists, conservatives, um, people on the right that were actually standing up in a great deal against the police. I mean, it was, you know, people like Alex Jones, um, <laughs> of all people that were, you know, talking about um, about the police state and, you know, making people aware of that. Uh, guys like Adam Kokesh, um, of course, anti-state, <laughs> yep. uh, you know, Kerry Wedler and Luke Radowski, mm -hmm. Michael Malice, Dave Smith, all of these people, I guess they're a little more relevant nowadays than those last two, but these are all people in the Liberty movement that have a great deal to say about, you know, police brutality and things like that. And, um, Again, you know, before before 2012, before the whole Mike Brown situation, um, which I'll kind of elaborate on here in a minute. But, you know, before that, you had a lot of people, especially people that were um, heavy, you know, believers in the Constitution and things that were standing up to police, filming the police, doing a lot of cop blocking. Um, of course, you had the institution or the, the organization called Cop Block and you had Police the Police mm -hmm. um, and the Free Thought Project that all kind of spawned out of those times. Mm -hmm. Um just really encouraging people to, to film the police and to know your rights and when to say no, um, you know, no, I don't consent to a search and, you know, um, things like that. And, um, you know, there was a lot of protests and things, um, people going out and doing open carry protests. Um, I attended one here in Texas um, based on 
a guy that was arrested for open carrying uh, a rifle, which is legal here in Texas. But the I believe it was the San Antonio Police Department had actually arrested um, him and another guy, if I'm not mistaken, for, you know, for open carrying downtown. And so, you know, there was a huge rally in that. And of course, that's more of a pro gun issue, but it's still kind of. You know, there was people out there um, basically telling the cops, you know, fucking come and take it. You know what I mean? And that was like a really big movement back then. And I think um, I think honestly, as sad as it is to say, I think race does play a factor um, in what happened with the whole, you know, the Black Lives Matter and the Mike Brown situation. I think um, the media painted that in such a way that, you know, the people that that did have a race, a a racial bias, you know, were really turned off by, by the protests and things in Ferguson. And that's when it kind of, they of course sided with the police, um, rather than siding with the, the, the victims of police brutality, um, mm-hmm. which they, you know, previously had in many circumstances like Kelly Thomas and, and others. Um, but instead in the circumstances, kind of what sparked, um, this whole thin blue line back the blue bullshit that we do with now on the right. Um, <laughs> You know, and I think it—I think it's kind of similar to what happened with the whole Occupy Wall Street movement, where again they they took these people that were um, protesting. You know, we are the ninety-nine percent um, versus the one percent, um, the ultra wealthy, the the corporatists, and uh, people weren't really concerned about race and gender and all of this. And then, of course, as soon as the Occupy, you know, starts popping off, um, you see in the media all of these references of of race and sexism and and gender equality and all of these things that start spiking up and it kind of steered the left away from, from a movement that might've actually done some good, even if it was kind of misguided a little bit. Um, and I think the same can be said about, about the right and their, um, and, 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 you know, more constitutional conservatives and things with their, uh, aversion to the police prior to the whole Mike Brown situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you would agree with me on that. Yeah, uh, it's definitely uh, a lot of reactionary stuff that goes on. It tends to uh, be manipulated by the time it's done to uh, get positions to be uh, in places that uh, keep the state in charge and <laughs> to keep the people divided. So, uh, yeah, I think you did a pretty good job of describing there how those situations kind of started a lot of the time, like the Occupy Wall Street. Like they they were on, uh, they were barking up a lot of the right trees. And uh, because of that, they kind of had to be steered into a different direction. And you see now that through the, uh, the kind of wokeism was kind of the response to that was, oh, you guys are all coming together as 99%, but why don't you focus on how you're on un- unequal though amongst yourselves fight about that. And, uh, it's kind of, that's the bait that's been taken recently. It kind of looks like, and yeah. uh, the same thing happened with the police thing, uh, where people that the conservatives had been critical of the police and then it got swung in the other direction, uh, not to condone like, uh, any, uh, poor behavior in Ferguson by anyone, but, uh, that was kind of the reactionary thing. And the narrative gets steered until, uh, now it's uh, back the blue out of that. Yeah, it, it's it just it's mind boggling the whole you know the back the blue and and you see you see a guy driving down the road with a thin blue line you know American flag sticker and then right next to that he's got the Gadsden flag or or come and take it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, pick one. <laughs> yeah, you fundamentally <laughs> do not get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so you know. Basically, um, moving on from that, I just, again, kind of getting back to the, to the whole basis, I think as to why, you know, people in the Liberty movement do oppose the police. Um, there's a really great quote. It's one of my favorite quotes, um, about the police and it's from Robert Higgs. Um, and he says the whole good cop, bad cop question can be disposed of much more, uh, decisively. We need not enumerate what proportion of the cops appears to be good or listens to someone's anecdote about his uncle Charlie and allegedly good cop. We need to only consider the following. A cop's job is to enforce all the laws, all of them. Many of the laws are manifestly unjust and some are even cruel and outright wicked. Therefore, every cop has to agree to act as the enforcer for the laws that are manifestly unjust or even cruel and wicked. There are no good cops. Yes, there are good people who are cops and are still 
bad cops, <laughs> um, but there yeah. are no good cops. Uh, I like to kind of describe it that way as my quick breakdown. Uh, for anybody that's still listening uh, this far in and needs that cleared up, uh, there are some good people who happen to be police. Uh, they've made a poor decision. Uh, they are not irredeemable, and I'm not calling for any violence against every police officer. Uh, but how you just that quote you just did uh, really uh, sums it up as to why all cops are bad. Uh, once they put the badge on, that means that they are kind of uh, signing a contract to violate people's rights and enforce victimless crimes, and that makes them a bad person so long as they are doing that function in my eyes. All funded by money that was stolen from you. Uh, basically a gunpoint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then and, gunpoint, but for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it usually doesn't have to get there, but it yeah, will. If, exactly. Uh, you know, if you push it hard enough. Yeah, because I don't um, think the IRS has their own SWAT team, do they? The IRS, I don't know if they have a SWAT team, but I know they bought a lot of ammunition under the Obama administration. <laughs> Not every fucking department did. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, even even the uh, the Department of Education and uh, the FDA. I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, ammunition was purchased under the Obama administration for these um, these agencies. But um, but yeah, just to reiterate what you're saying there is, you know, it's the same way I feel about the military. Is that I think I, I think the majority of people that decide to be a police officer or decide to be in the military probably really do, you know, go into that with the right mindset at least in some degree you know they go into that mm -hmm. thinking i want to protect people i want to you know I, I care about my my fellow man i care about uh, my fellow citizens um the people of my country and i want to serve them i want mm -hmm. to protect them and it's really once they get in um where it all kind of goes downhill from there and that's the whole that's the whole thin blue line that's the the blue line brotherhood and this you know literal gang you know, especially like in, in places like California where they actually have gangs, initiations and tattoos and things in the police departments. Mm -hmm. And it's just a whole culture of, you know, you don't tell on your brother and, and you protect you, you back, you back your brothers in blue and all of this. We could, then, uh, we could do episode after episode about my local police department if you wanted to. <laughs> 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 and uh, all the dirt that they've kept silent over the years. <laughs> Yeah, mine's mine's not much better around here. I mean, I I, I lived in a in a small um, you know in, in like a neighborhood that basically had its own police precinct um, growing up, and you know um, most of the cops I, I think again like they were they were genuinely good p human beings for the mm -hmm. most part. They just you know obviously they in, in, they enforced victimless crimes, but they were they were usually pretty good to us um, skater kids. You know, us skater punks uh, growing up. You know, they would. They might, you know, pull pull over and, and check on us, see what we're doing, but they never really harassed us or anything. I think, you know, we're, we should consider ourselves lucky for that and where we grew up. But once I was a little bit older, um, you know, I, I used to get pulled over in my neighborhood all the damn time. And I, I don't know if they thought that I was a drug dealer or what, but they would pull me over. They would demand to search my vehicle. I would tell them no. And then they would just be like, all right, have a nice day. You know, never, never even write a ticket or tell me exactly what they pulled me over for, but just asked to search my vehicle. And when I told them no, you know, that was it. Oh, that must be nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, again, I should consider myself no with me. <laughs> I have to step out of the car. Uh, the dog is on its way. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had that. I haven't I haven't had a dog, but I've definitely, you know, I have been searched uh, a couple of a couple of different times. But usually, at least in my own neighborhood, I was lucky enough to be able to get away with, you know, no, I don't consent to searches. They usually don't understand it the first time. You have to tell them twice. No, mm -hmm. I don't consent to searches. But yes. uh, sometimes after the third time, no, I don't consent to searches. Then they'll understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And most of you at home, I, I truly hope that the situation would be the same as uh, it is for Dunk here, where that means that they will uh, accept that you don't consent to searches and keep it moving. Uh, but uh, that is not the case for everyone. And be prepared for your car to be searched anyway. Keep her cool. Uh, I've definitely had my car tossed on more than one occasion and left with absolutely no paperwork. Um, free, no tickets, didn't find anything. They just were fishing. And uh, it's just kind of the way life goes in uh, police-controlled America. Yeah, and so I think it's, I mean, it just, again, it goes to show it's really silly to think that, um, you know, coming from the communist or leftist point of view that police only protect private property. 
when it's just demonstrably false i mean if you look again at all these people that have lost their lives um or or just been beaten the fuck up by police it's it's almost never a property you know crime the closest thing you get to like a property crime might be like i don't know george floyd because he was trying to sell or you know trying to sell something or excuse me trying to buy something with a fake 20 dollar bill is like almost not quite a, a theft i guess you could call it you know what i mean like that's the closest it ever gets and even then there's there's absolutely no reason for the behavior of of that situation yeah yeah so again you know if, if if that's all the police were doing i think we would be a lot better off yeah if, if all the police were doing was stopping people from being violent and uh and that was it that would be a, a much better world to live in uh just stopping people from taking people's things and helping return it but uh the whole uh initiation of violence way that they go about it right now obviously is not the way to go about it um and unfortunately, that that's going to make the police much more effect or much less effective, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you have, once you look at it from that perspective, um, and that's why you'll hear uh, the police unions complaining when uh, they're, you know, what they say are effective tools that they have to be able to fight crime. Uh, when you're backing off their ability to, uh, you know, execute uh, searches without warrants and stuff like that, uh, they say it makes it harder for them to catch people, but that's kind of the way it has to be unless people are going to give up their right to privacy and their, uh, their right to, to private property in its entirety, because otherwise the police have their right to your property and the right to search. Um, and at that point it's really not private. Um, so you're going to have to be responsible for it yourself in order to uphold that. Yeah. And, and getting to what you said about, um, you know about them uh, the police are often the ones that that lobby um in favor or uh, rap, more so against um new legislation things like um you know getting rid of certain gun control laws or uh, specifically here in texas recently um they are trying to pass constitutional carry and um one of the loudest voices that opposed it was a group of you guessed it law enforcers mm-hmm. <laughs> like they <laughs> You know, they're, they're going out there saying, well, you know what, we can't just let any, any old person walk around on the street with a gun because how will we know, you know, who's supposed to have one and who's not and blah, blah, blah. And then you look at, you know, cannabis, um, legalization and they're the ones that are always opposed to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, that's something that I really like to point out to conservatives, to the back, the blue folks, um, you know, is uh, sometimes they'll say, well, the police, you know, they don't write the laws and no, that's, that's right. They don't. And there's two points to make there. One, they don't write the laws, but they still choose to enforce them. And two, when the laws go to be changed, they're the ones saying that they don't want the laws to be changed. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, which is like almost worse in a lot of regards, uh, because they it's make disgusting. sure they, they voluntarily decide to actually do the dirty work part of the law, um, that they, they might even know themselves is not the right thing to do, uh, <laughs> which is obviously worse. On their off time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not like necessarily the department is paying for them to do this. Although I, I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they actually do get paid during that time. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like you said, they voluntarily do it. They make the choice themselves to go be a part of that and go you know oppose legislation that's going to give you your freedom to carry a gun or your freedom to decide what you're going to put in your own body so you know conservatives if you're listening i think you need to reconsider your position on the police yeah Uh (laughs) conservatives listening to this but Yeah, there might be a few of them that are tuned in. Uh, you mentioned Malice earlier. They're, they stayed just because you mentioned Malice for a minute. They like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why. He's literally an anarchist, but, you know. Yeah, but he went on – he's been on – he was a Fox News guy for a while, though. So yeah, just, uh, just being tied to their, their lord and savior, Fox News, tends to be <laughs> enough sometimes. <laughs> yeah, man. Um it's crazy. I don't know if you if you saw this today, but um, w- w- the day that we're recording this um, today is the uh, the 13th of May. And it's actually today is the um, 36th anniversary of the move bombing in Philadelphia. Are you familiar with that? No, I can't say that I am. Um, give me a second. I can pull up a, a quick I thing about it. I saw a but- post or two about it earlier today, but I was yeah. uh, I was doing some tree work, so I didn't wasn't on Instagram a ton. Oh, it's all good, man. Getting back to, to, um, 
you know, libertarians being the ones that are always calling for police accountability. Um, <laughs> it was actually uh, antiwar.com, um, Scott Horton's uh, Instagram page, I believe, that posted today about the, you know, the anniversary of the move bombing. And basically, um, they were like a, they were a black separatist group, I guess, um, kind of like a Christian, uh, group that, you know, was trying to, they were almost, uh, the, the way that, the way that I read about them, it almost sounds like they were like t- uh, a Ted Kaczynski type of group, you know what I mean? Like before yeah. Ted Kaczynski, um, but you know, they were just uh, kind of naturist, um, type of folks and, uh, basically, yeah, the, the fucking Philadelphia police department dropped a bomb. <laughs> literally dropped a bomb on this building and and killed i think 14 people if i'm not mistaken wow and, and yeah. uh, what was the justification for it um that's a good fucking question i like i rarely even look into the justification for things <laughs> at, at this point anymore because it's just like it's so like morbid the shit that the police do it's like can you even justify any of it but i don't know they basically they're they're, they're described as a militant black separatist group so i think that's okay. probably justification enough in the police mind right, um, right you know what i mean it's 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 the same yeah here we go it actually says that they were um they were abiding by anarcho primitive primitivism um, which is actually something that I'm kind of wanting to look a little bit more into myself personally. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I don't know if that means that I'm going to get bombed now, but <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have said it out loud. You're doomed now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> As if I'm not already on like five watch lists, but five, come on. You got to pump those numbers up guy. <laughs> I'll tell you what terms on- to type in. <laughs> you just keep it in and enter. All right. <laughs> if you're not on a watch list right now. You're doing something wrong. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, they dropped a bomb a bomb on them, dude, in, in 1972, I believe. Or no, excuse me, that's when they were founded. It happened in uh, in uh, let me see. Well, I said it was 36 years ago. Let me see, math. Uh, 85, 1985, I believe. Something okay. like that. I don't know. I'm. I, I went to public school. 84, <laughs> I think. If it was or no, 36 would put you. Yeah, at 84. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, I mean, this was, you know, Waco. No, before. It's 2021. You were right the first time. I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both went to public school. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, my mom's a math teacher. I should be embarrassed right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a little bit more to lean on there than you do. <laughs> yeah, man. This was, it was Waco before there was Waco. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what came to mind for myself as soon as you first brought it up and then it just kept on time more in. Uh, but as far as like being, it's almost like a uh, Ruby Ridge start with Waco end by this, how you're describing it, where they kind of justified it by saying they're doing bad things with guns in there and then, uh, decided to escalate it to the point. Well, I guess that was, that was Waco as well, but yeah, it, yeah, it, it basically instead of being whatever the, the people in Waco were, whatever they call themselves, the branch Davidians, it was, you know, just a different group, mm-hmm. but, um, same shit, different day, in my opinion, um, as, as, as far as the cops are concerned. So. Yep. Just another day of making sure that everybody complies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a couple of important, again, getting back to some statistics and, and whenever I read these statistics, I usually don't put the exact number. I, I kind of just give you a rough number because no statistic is ever actually going to be a hundred percent accurate, but, um, <laughs> The police shoot and kill around a thousand people annually. And what's even crazier to me, and not that not that their lives are worth more than ours, but they actually kill an estimated ten thousand dogs per year. That's twenty-five to thirty dogs a day are killed by police in the in the United States. Yep. Twenty-five to thirty dogs. That's that fucking blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I like it's just not even something that you even register like that there's that many bad interactions where that there's that many times that, that police open fire at all, whether it's to a, 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 an animal or a human being, just the fact that there's that many interactions where police are opening fire on a daily basis kind of blows my mind. Yeah. And it's because they've been given the clearance too. I mean, I'm not, I've never been a police officer, but uh, looking at what that number is, it's pretty clear that they've been uh, told you are authorized to use your weapon to dispatch with any dog that you feel could be of any type of threat to you. And uh, that obviously gets stretched in some cases into dogs. Obviously, we're not a threat to them as well. Um, But when you give someone carp launch permission to do that and tell them that uh, there's a war going on against them, those are the stats that you end up getting. 
Yeah, and these are again, these are just estimated stats. They're not even wholly accurate because there's actually no database um that tracks these things. The police don't have to, you know, they don't they don't have to make any of this information public and most of them don't. So this is really just based on on some people that put together a website and just started, you know, doing their own research. So I mean, it, it could be mm-hmm. way more than than even that number. <clears throat> but yeah, um another uh Actually, I forgot to write it down. There's another quote that I really love by Larkin Rose, and I think everybody should look into it. Um, he basically says, you know, I don't care about the guys with the funny mus- the, the funny mustache. I don't care about the, sta- uh, the Stalins and the Maos and the Hitlers. I care about the people that hallucinate them to be authority and therefore do their bidding. And uh, I think that's that's, again, kind of kind of going back to the same you know point as Robert Higgs is just that. Again, the police sign up for this job knowing full well that they're going to be enforcing laws that they may not necessarily disagree with, but or either they do they do agree with them or they don't agree with them, but they're still willing to accept money stolen from your paycheck to enforce them. And so that kind of gets back to the whole, there are no good police. And again, that's like you said, it's not to say that the person behind the badge may not have good intentions, but they still make the choice to... Uh, you know, to vol- voluntarily enforce uh, tyranny and an oppression. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. As soon as a cop enforces uh, a victimless crime, uh, they have stepped outside the boundaries of morality in my mind. And at that point, uh, they're, they're not doing a good job of being a person anymore. So they are bad. Uh, they can definitely go back to being a good person once they take the badge off, as long as uh, they're not doing those types of behaviors in their personal life, which generally they aren't, because if you do the kinds of things that a police officer does without being a police officer, you get arrested. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, can be definitely a great person, could go in with great intentions, both uh, police and military. A lot of them sign up for either service because they think they are going to be doing a service to their fellow man and be providing protection. And I would even say that there probably are a couple, if not uh, quite a few, uh, men and women that do wear a badge or put on a uniform every day that really do do things to protect and probably don't violate people's rights um, on a regular basis or might not even at all. Um, but that is definitely not, that is the, uh, the exception and not the majority, uh, unfortunately. And, uh, and that's, that's a shame to say. Um, if we could have better people in, in police, we would see a lot less of that going on. And it's like you said earlier, you'd see a lot less pushback against the police if they were just doing things that the people actually wanted them to do and they weren't violating people's rights. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, just to kind of like break it down into really simpleton terms, because you, you mentioned a great point is that the things that they do, if a normal person did them, they would be arrested, they would be jailed, you know, I think um, just to expand on that, I mean, if I were to assault somebody, I would go to jail. If I were to steal from somebody, I would go to jail. If I were to tie somebody up and, and put them in the back of a car and drive them off to a location w- against their will, I would go to jail. Mm-hmm. These are all acts of aggression. These are things that are morally unjust across the board like in, in 99.999% of times, all of those actions are just irrehensible. Mm -hmm. But because the police officer has a special costume, because we get, because we call them a police officer or a law enforcer or whatever other term, they are allowed to act immorally and you are okay with that. Not you specifically, but right. <laughs> the, the average person, you know what I mean? The average person, they, they don't consider the fact that if I did that thing, I would go to jail. They just don't think about that. And I, yeah. I, I think once uh, you realize that, that really changes your outlook on, on everything. Yeah. Uh, to the point where it's, it's even a crime to impersonate an officer because they, because an officer is treated differently even though uh, if you actually look at the way the law is written, they're supposed to be public servants. Um, but in action, uh, they behave as anything but uh, where they feel that they're just the enforcement branch of the state uh, and will behave as such. 
And I think another thing that's um, important to point out as well is a lot of people will say, well, you know, without the police, who would protect you? And again, like you said earlier, I mean, and, and like I pointed out with, with the fact that the majority of crimes go unsolved, the police don't fucking protect anybody. First of all, the Supreme Court has has ruled and upheld that the police have no obligation to protect you unless you are under their custody is the only yep. time that they actually have a protection or uh, an obligation mm-hmm. to protect you legally. Um, it, it's been shown time and time again with these school shootings where the police just sit their fucking lazy bitch made ass outside of of a school while children are being slaughtered and they're too chicken shit to go in there and try to do something about it and you know they're not held responsible and it's disgusting it's disgusting that that you want to tell me that i have to involuntarily fund this this program that can't even do the 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 like the number one thing that they could possibly do which is protect children and they can't even do that (laughs) right Yep, and then are not held accountable, like you said. They can sit outside the school, and uh, they don't even get held accountable for it. It's not like they face manslaughter charges for allowing those children to die or anything like that. Um, I would say at worst, I think the, the worst any officers ever face for that is maybe losing their job. But even that, most of the time, is not the case uh, when it comes yeah. to just absolute blatant disregard for the safety of the public. Uh, like for like a... What was it a FedEx or UPS truck a couple years ago that they just absolutely aerated um, after it got stolen? And oh, I was watching up. the video of that and just looking at all of the like bystanders nearby and being like, "Wow, like these people in uniforms clearly don't care about uh, any innocents there nearby." Because I was just looking at all the cars. I think they were literally using like civilian cars for cover. I think as they jumped out of their cars, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, yeah they were. And, and if I'm not mistaken, there was a fucking hostage in the FedEx truck, wasn't there? I'm pretty sure. I think uh, I think the driver was in there still, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. they took the driver hostage, if I recall correctly. So. Yeah, and they still decided to use who knows how many rounds that day. But I remember that it was it was quite a few, um, and just yeah, uh, thing after um, what was his name? Uh, the officer that like that defected and and went and like killed a couple of other fellow officers or whatever in California. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, um, yeah. Anyways, um, he was Chris Chris something Dorner. Dorner. Yes. Is it Christopher yeah, he Dorner? was military police, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was military yeah. police, yeah. And um, you know, when when the when the cops were looking for him, they they lit up a truck, um, a little like a little blue pickup truck or something that wasn't even like it didn't even fit the description of the vehicle that he supposedly was driving, and it was like two two ladies in the vehicle or something. And they, I think, luckily neither one of them was seriously injured, if I remember correctly. I'm kind of talking out of my ass at this point. I don't remember if all these details are exact. So y'all definitely go and, and fact check me on this. But but I do know that they lit up a vehicle that literally was not him I have a vague memory of that as well it would encourage anyone with uh with any uh interest in it to look up the facts on it as well that of, whole case uh, is like, crazy while looking for uh christopher dorner and when they finally found him he was in a cabin and they they burned the fucking cabin to the ground with him inside mm-hmm. i mean you know, like even if he was, I, I don't know. I don't even want to go into speculation about like, I know a lot of people make him out to be a hero and, and whether or not you feel that he was or wasn't, or was deserving of, of punishment for what he did or not. Just the mere fact that rather than taking him to trial, they burned him alive. You know, what, what does right. that say? Like they, what does that say about these people? Yeah. I mean, how hard would it really have been to like heat manpower there until he got, if you have him truly surrounded inside of this cabin, like, who would it have hurt to just wait him out? Like, why did you have to burn him out? There was no reason for that. Um, and that, I think that's a great point to make, too, is just that police will continue to escalate um, because that's what they're trained to do. Um, and that's unfortunate that uh, so many people lose their lives to that, similar to Dorner. Yeah, and I, I think um, two points Two points there is, you know, one thing, just getting back to the fact that the police don't protect you, if you call the cops, they're not going to come. <laughs> they're not going to come save you. They're going to show up 20, 30 minutes later. If you're lucky, they'll take notes. And then if you're really, really lucky, they might find the person that committed the crime um, you know, that, that, that harmed you. But it's probably not because they're actually looking for it. It's probably because they pulled that person over for like an expired, expired tag or some shit. <laughs> like yeah. they, they don't. Like the person did something crime. really dumb. Uh, right. 
my dad was telling me around me uh, not too long ago, some kid was out and uh, was speeding like excessively, got away from the cops, and then they uh, pulled up at his house a couple hours later, not because they had gotten his plate, because the kid was going fast enough that they couldn't get his plate, uh, but because he posted on Facebook talking about it. Like, come on, people. <laughs> Uh, oh my god like like not an endorsement of reckless speeding but like he didn't hurt anybody and he's still going to end up uh probably paying some serious fines and or uh doing some time because he snitched on himself on the internet (laughs) that's fucking that's grand yeah (laughs) you get what you deserve in that one man i'm like i don't even feel bad for you you fucking idiot (laughs) yeah um which i mean luckily for a lot of people is that criminals a lot of the time aren't the brightest so you do end up getting these uh these failed police departments do solve what was the statistic earlier like 17 percent of crimes or something like that i think it's they they solve like 17 percent of of property crimes and something like 45 percent of violent crimes so So, i mean it's still not even half yeah so 17 percent of property criminals or idiots is basically what it comes down to is what I'm reading into that statistic to mean. <laughs> oh shit. Um, but yeah, um, just, uh, going back to, to what you're saying about, about escalation, um, and escalating the situation, which the police are, are really great at doing. I was listening today to, um, Thaddeus Russell's podcast, uh, unregistered. Do you ever listen to him? Yeah. He makes a great podcast. I do tune into yeah. that pretty frequently. Yeah, he's great, man. And he um, he had Lainey Sweet on recently, who is the widow of uh, Daniel Shaver. Mm. Um, and so for those that don't remember the Daniel Shaver story, this was the um, the guy. He had a pellet gun. Um, and uh, she actually explains, she explains this in the podcast. I encourage everybody to go check it out, but I'll just kind of do a brief overlay. Basically, um, he was a pest control guy. And so they carry a pellet gun to, to get rid of, um, you know, birds and things like that, that are, that are nuisance in like, um, shopping malls and, and what have you. Um, so anyways, he had a pellet gun in this, uh, hotel and somebody called the police on him. And so the police come and, um, this is, I don't remember the, the fucking cop's name. He's, he's a piece of shit. It's not even worth mentioning his name. Um, he had written on his rifle, this cop, um, you were fucked is what he had inscribed mm-hmm. on his rifle. And, and this cop, um, has, has his rifle pointed at, at this man, Daniel Shaver, um, in the hallway of this hotel. And, uh, there's another cop that's sitting there barking orders, playing Simon says with him, you know, put your hands down. Now cross your feet. Now put your hands on the back of your head. Now crawl towards me. Don't, you know, don't fucking move. Stop right there. Don't speak back. You know, um, if you, if you reach down, we're going to shoot you. We're going to shoot you. You're going to fucking die. Do you understand that? And, and the whole time the guy's crying like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I understand. And, and it sounds to me, it's been a while since I watched the video, but I only heard the audio today, but it sounds to me like, like he's, he's crying at this point. He's like, he's terrified. You know, he's about to lose his life. And, uh, mm-hmm. Sure enough, he reaches down um, to his pants. I think his pants were falling down. And uh, the other cop, not the one that was barking orders, but the one, of course, with the rifle, um, lights him up and kills him right there. And uh, so these two officers uh, right now, one of them is living in Thailand. Um, they they went after them. Of course, you know, they were both um, they were both let, let off. Um so they're going after them civilly, and uh, when they filed for for a civil um, civil lawsuit, uh, the cop that was barking orders he retired and uh, immediately moved to the Philippines. So he's in the Philippines right now, uh, living it up. And um, <laughs> the the cop that the cop that actually pulled the trigger, he um, after after they filed for a civil um, lawsuit against him the Mesa, um, Mesa, Arizona police department actually paid to have, uh, an attorney for him to, or actually, excuse me, the attorney paid for him to be able to file bankruptcy. Because I guess when you're, when you're file uh, bankruptcy, you can't be sued, I guess, for the first year after filing for bankruptcy or some loophole or whatever. Um, so they do this and then, um, they actually rehired him back on the force just to let him go with like a medical discharge so that he can get a pension for PTSD and make it so that uh, he can't be uh, civilly liable as well with the bankruptcy. Right. (laughs) Only for a year. I think it's only for a year. So I think it's still going to go to court, but, but at least for a year he has that. And I think the, the, the idea of behind that is just to drain, um, you know, the family of money, Mm -hmm. this, 
this widow, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to this story and, and I'm a grown man. I fucking, I was bawling <laughs> today in the car driving, listening to this because it's so fucking sad mm-hmm. just to think about, um, you know, this guy left two little girls behind and, you know, I have, I have a son, I have a stepson and a stepdaughter as well. And I just can't even imagine, you know, having to tell them, you know, about their, their parents or, or, you know, or if it was me and, 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 you know, it just, it's fucking wild <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that this man lost his life because he couldn't, he couldn't play Simon Says properly in a fucking hallway, having right. committed no crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember what the guy's name was. Also reminds me, similar situation was. Uh, do you remember the guy that was taking care of the autistic kid in the street that got uh, gunned down? Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it was a it was a black man, if I'm not mistaken. He's he's like laying in the street, and they're telling him to put his hands up. Yeah, and he, literally has his hands and he up does, and then they eviscerate him anyway uh yeah. i think yeah. he actually survived if i'm not mistaken um yeah i'm yeah, trying to find typing it here. Uh, yeah it was in miami in 2016 maybe yeah yeah charles kinsey yeah that's it's just it's just wild that you know the police will literally open fire on somebody that that is not a threat at all <laughs> Kinsey said when he asked the officer why he fired his weapon, the cop responded, I don't know. (laughs) Heroes, ladies and gentlemen, heroes. (laughs) That when asked why they fired their weapon at a human being that was taking care of an autistic child, his answer was, I don't know. That is frightening. And these are the people that you're going to call for protection. Right. Like, and just think about, I mean, to go further into that, think about all of the people that have lost their lives because, you know, they're having a mental breakdown and their mom or their grandma or somebody called the cops because they didn't know what else to do, which it's, it's a terrible idea. Don't ever call the police when somebody's having a mental breakdown, unless they're an active threat to you and, yeah. and you have nowhere else to turn. I mean, if, if you're, if you're somebody that, that literally is defenseless and, and you can't get away, I understand, you know, you're going to, you're going to use the resource that's, that's there. Um, because especially if you don't, you know, you don't know what kind of things are, are going to be thrown at you lawfully or, or legally or, or whatever you want to say into that. But, um, but anyways, you know, so many people that, that get the police called on them for having a mental breakdown and end up getting shot or, or somebody will call the police to say that somebody broke into their house. Hey, somebody broke in my house. I have a gun. Um, you know, I'm holding them outside, um, until you get here. And then that person gets shot. You know what I mean? It's like these type of situations because the police go in there so fucking trigger happy and ready to kill somebody. And, and that's what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember which it was one of the pages you named earlier just posted actually about that kind of trigger happy mentality um, what is the, the trainer that's like one of the highest paid police trainers in America yeah, that, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. basically his his mentality is be trigger happy as a police officer is the way to get things done um, and he, yeah, I think I he's a big that. dog shooting advocate too <laughs> yeah I wish I remember what his name was. I think it was Free Thought Project. Maybe posted about him recently. Yeah, it was either Free Thought Project or, or Police the Police, which are actually uh, ran by the same guy, uh, Jason. Who uh, shout out to Jason? I'd like to have you on, bro. If you're listening, probably not. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Let me find that because that was actually that w- that was something that that kind of blew my mind. Um, let's see if I can find the guy, uh, David Grossman. Yeah. Um, is a formal a former army lieutenant colonel who is revered by the military and police. He's regarded as America's number one police trainer and is booked for training most of the year. Uh, he teaches his controversial controversial killology quote unquote um, curriculum, which consists of training cops to see themselves as a predator who fights violence with superior violence and tells cops that sex after killing another human is the best sex. Um, and one of the perks that comes with the job, he tells cops to act like soldiers and that we're at war. If anybody needs to be canceled in America, it's this guy. That's just reading from the police, 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 the police page there. Yeah, I remember seeing that. That was that was a quality post right there. Because <laughs> that man, Grossman, definitely is gross. Um, that is such a <laughs> disgusting mentality to hold um, for any human being to think that you need to go to war um, on that level every day. Um, yes, there are bad people out there, but if you go out there with the mentality of killology, uh, that's that's not the way, folks. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I, um, again, just to kind of highlight, this is from Police to Police, which is a voluntarist ran account. You know, and, and again, voluntarism, libertarianism, anarchism, a lot of these do overlap. A lot of people that are voluntarist come from a libertarian background oftentimes. And so I just, again, I want to point out that the, the people that are actually really calling for the police to be held accountable are people in the liberty movement. We're not talking about defunding the police and, and, you know, starting up a new agency that's, that's, um, you know, our tax dollars are going somewhere else. Most of us, we're talking about abolition. We're talking about getting rid of that system entirely. And if there are police, you know, quote unquote, to exist, they're going to be a, a private, a private company, somebody that actually is held responsible because if they, you know, if, if fucking, if, um, you know, the UPS guy shoots your dog, you're not going to order from UPS. You know, you're not going to have UPS ship your packages anymore. It's the same thing with, with privatized police and that they actually have to try to keep their job because they're not going to have anybody wanting to purchase from them if they're going around violating people's rights. And I think that's, I think that's something that we should probably touch on before the end here is just, what we see as a solution. Um, because of course I think there is always going to be somebody that, that does need help in protecting themselves. So what kind of, you know, what kind of, uh, things can, would you see in your ideal world, um, in the absence of the state in the absence of, uh, the modern police system? I really can't see any, uh, any moral way to do it other than, uh, kind of direct funding. Um, for anyone that feels like they're unable to protect themselves or their property is going to have to directly fund um, another person who does feel uh, that they are capable of doing so for them. Um, I think that, that as long as we stay consistent with it, the people hired to do that job and provide protection are held to the same standards as the rest of us are. I think that's a completely valid uh, a role to, to fill um, and that you can definitely hire something that's uh, kind of akin to a bodyguard or a, uh, a security guard um, in today's world, um, but with uh, a, as armed as you want them to be, um, I think is kind of the way that we should move forward, um, whether that be an agency where, you know, community could get together and say, we're willing to pay this, these six guys to be good at making sure that nothing bad happens to us or our property. Uh guess that's fine. Um, but I do think that, like I said, so a word of caution about that outsourcing is that uh, you do end up starting to pave the road right back to where we're at now once you do that. Um, as much as you might want to say, they have to be held to the same standards. Um, if you make it so that there is a, a strong few, um, the tendency is definitely towards corruption. Um, and I would say a definite word of caution towards that. If you want to have people that are going to be the best at violence at something, you better have some safeguards to make sure that they are going to be moral people or else you're going to be in a world of hurt um, because might doesn't make right, but, uh, but wrong really doesn't care how right you are. If they can pick you up and throw you over a fence, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely a good point. I think one thing that we would definitely see more of would be kind of um, like neighborhood watch and, uh, and, and local localized militias and things like that, um, which may or may not be a great thing depending on, on how they're um, how they come about. But I think in a stateless society, um, you would definitely see uh, communities that maybe, that maybe don't have the funding to be able to um, necessarily hire a bunch of, you know, jacked security guards or whatever that you know you would have even need to be when it comes down to it is that as long as you have a well-armed populace you really don't need um to have these 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 individuals that are vastly better armed or anything like that as long as you're you have enough strong individuals in your community that are going to be able to respond to an initiation of violence i don't think that you need to have as much of the, uh, the security guards and bodyguards as we even have in today's society. Um, it, it's going to require the standard uh, of individual to increase as far as uh, being prepared for that type of thing. Um, but I think that's a worthy price to pay for a consistent and moral life is to ask the individuals to take more responsibility for their individual safety um, and, and the safety of those around them too. Um, and it's yeah, people, so- I mean, I'm not asking, uh, you know, 
85 year old Bob to be able to protect himself from a hooligan. You know I mean? That's, that's crazy. Even I don't care how many firearms he has, he's not going to be able to, to defend himself against a 16 year old that's coming at him like a spider monkey. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, 85 year old Bob can definitely have some family members or some community members that are going to be somewhere as close enough to him that he's not going to be vulnerable to that type of an attack. Um, and if we, uh, we foster communities where that's the case, you really don't need to have these dedicated security forces because there's not soft targets all over the place because there's just strong individuals spread out all over the place patrolling absolutely. just in their everyday life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And, and again, just to kind of reiterate again, the point that police don't even protect you really anyway. So we're talking about something that most, most people already live without anyhow, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you live in a gated community where they have a security guard that drives around all the time, most people already live without any of those things. And it just so happens that most of the time, you know, you generally get along just fine because there's not typically somebody breaking into your house. It's, you know, it's something that mm-hmm. while it happens a lot, it's, it's also, you know, pretty rare. I mean, how many people do you know that have actually had to get in a shootout in their front yard with a robber or what have you? It's, you know, it, so we're, we're talking, it's one of those things where people actually, you know, they want to ask, well, without the state, how would, you know, solve, solve everything right now. If the state didn't exist, how, how would you solve every single problem? It's like half of these things aren't even problems to begin with. And the other half of them, the state hasn't solved them either. So why do you expect that they're going to be solved without the state? I'm not talking about, about solving every fucking problem. I'm just talking about getting rid of the biggest one. I would even double down on your uh, shootout in the front lawn situation there when it comes to the police is how many times has, have people had to have shootouts in their front lawn? Pretty rare. How often, though, has somebody had a situation where it would be a shootout in their front lawn, called the police, and the police got there in time to make a difference? That's a very yeah, small percentage. I'd say one of the few things that uh, the NRA does well would uh, be like in their newsletters and stuff is they're kind of like good guy with a gun stories. And there's a whole lot more of those stories where, you know, an armed populace was able to shut down somebody who was initiating violence and force uh, than somebody called the police and the police were able to show up and make a completely positive impact in anywhere as near uh, the, the capabilities that an individual can that's already on the scene and is a, a participant in the situation without having to make a phone call. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think too, you know, just to get back to the, the topic of, of safety and things is that I think people also just need to kind of come to the grips that you're never actually safe no matter what, like, I mean, unless you live in a fucking bubble, unless you live like in, in a panic room or something and, and never leave and you just, you know, you have all your food, um, sent to you down through a tube or something, you're, you're never actually safe at any given time. Like right at this very moment that I'm recording this, if somebody really wanted to, they can bust through this window right in front of me and murder me. And no amount of, of police funding could have ever prevented that. Nope. So I think people just need to kind of come to grips with their own mortality as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just the, the fact that you're never going to be safe. No, there are things you can do to be safer. Um, and you also got to come to grips with the fact that you are living in the safest time that has ever existed. Um, even as things are kind of getting a little bit dicier here in America, I would say, um, we are living in uh, most of our lifetimes have been the safest time that humanity has ever seen. Um, so appreciate it. Uh, stop being so scared people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a good, that's a good point to, uh, to wrap up on. Did you have anything else that you uh, wanted to get out before we, before we wrap it up? And now I don't have anything uh, burning over here. Awesome, man. Well, um, everybody, uh, I appreciate you tuning in for my re-entrance into the, the podcast uh, world, or at least my my own podcast anyways. I've done a couple since, um, since stopping my own. But um, Ryan, I appreciate you coming on. Everybody needs to follow Ryan on Instagram. <laughs> he doesn't post super often, but when he does, it's fire and you need to check it out. It's <laughs> at underscore or underscore else underscore what give him a follow anywhere else that we can find you are you on twitter or anything else no nah, i stay away from that cesspool um <laughs> i just do the instagram thing and uh we'll see how long that goes i've been pretty frustrated by uh 
like you said, I don't post really often because uh, I spend a lot more time in comments sections than I do posting. And uh, Instagram's making it harder and harder to actually have any kind of discourse in comments. So whatever, we keep it going. And uh, when the inspiration hits, you get the little infrequent uh, meme posts. And I'm glad that people are uh, enjoying my little shitty thrown together uh, pictures <laughs> with funny words. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right man well i appreciate you coming on man it was good to talk to you again and uh, i'll definitely look forward to having you back on again um pretty soon my pleasure man have you give me a uh, ring anytime oh yeah man take it easy thanks thanks for tuning in to break the state podcast if you want to support this show you can do so by becoming a contributor for as little as 99 cents per month over at anchor.fm forward slash break the state forward slash support that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash break the state forward slash support. As always, I want to thank Ryan for coming on the show. Don't forget to give him a follow over on Instagram at underscore or underscore else underscore what. And while Ryan doesn't have a Twitter and I can't say that I blame him, you can find me there. And my handle is at Dunk Limpman. That's D-U-N-C-L-E-M-P-M-A-N. And that's going to be it for me today, y'all. So until next time, remember, fuck the police.